Welcome to the We Are SC podcast. This is Eric McKinney, joined by Daryl Rodeau. Daryl, we got our first look at the first full pad practice of USC spring ball on Saturday. And now you've been to a couple interested on right away your take on, and we've talked about it a little bit off air, uh, tempo and enthusiasm and all that. What, what's going on with these first few practices and, and compared a little bit to what you saw either last spring or really throughout the fall of practices? What, what you're really seeing right now is, Eric, is a true nature of spring football, what it's intended for. This is the time of the year where normally you kind of scale back from c- preparing for a game or um, scripting plays specific to an opponent. Right now, you're seeing the true form and essence of competition, but also the teaching, the, the fundamentals. And give a lot of credit to Clay Helton for stepping outside of his skin, going outside of his comfort zone, and bringing in some new faces at different coaching or, um, at, to coach up different positions. And what we're starting to see right now is the energy. Guys are excited. They're flying around. And it doesn't feel manufactured. It truly feels like... Going into this, the storyline might have been a quarterback competition, but it just truly feels like there's competition all across the board. And right now, with so many new new positions open, I really do think that you're going to get the best of what this particular group of, of players before the incoming freshman class comes in has in store. And I like what I'm seeing so far. Yeah, there, there were a couple plays today, um, an offensive play, a, a deep pass to Josh Follow where he goes up in the end zone down the sideline, wins a one-on-one. The offensive sideline goes crazy. To end practice, there was a run right on the goal line. The defense makes a, a nice play, just a, a mass of bodies, um, and, and the defense goes crazy. You know, so, so you're starting to see some of those things where there is that sort of genuine outpouring of emotion, yep. and guys are talking a little bit one guy I thought I think it's interesting again and we'll probably talk about about him a lot Chris Hawkins uh one of the defensive grad assistants being on the team so recently yeah still knows so many of these guys especially the offensive guys when his when his defenders make a nice play he makes sure they know about it then he makes sure the offensive guy knows about it so so you do see I know there was some thoughts you know it's it's some of the practices have been chippy or whatever. I, I haven't seen anything like that. No, but it, but it is spirited. I would say right, right, and that's kind of been a, a nice look so far. And you mentioned it too. Every time you look out there, there's somebody else doing something. Right, Every, right. Everybody's getting involved. And again, you know, we came in. Hey, there's a quarterback competition. This thing is open. We'll see what that looks like. They've the quarterbacks have sort of had to keep up with the rest of of the team right now, and that's kind of coming along. I'd say kind of organically, very gradually, you are yep. getting a look at all the different quarterbacks, but it doesn't feel like, okay, this guy needs to run a couple plays, now we're going to put this guy in and run those same plays, now let's compare them against right. it. The offense is is coming and, along. And that is, Eric, that is a unique contrast from last season. Last season, when there was open quarterback competition between Jack Sears and, and Matt Fink, it truly felt like the rest of the team was was set behind and that quarterback duel during spring ball was featured it doesn't you don't get that sense right now we talked about this practice being up tempo and i and i enjoy it because i'm watching the stations fly by and it doesn't feel like guys are just standing around stagnant just kind of waiting for two quarterbacks to audition for the lead role right now it really does feel like 
that <clears throat> competition is all throughout. And everywhere you gaze your eyes, like you said, you're seeing little nuggets. And you're seeing this coaching staff challenge other players to maybe step outside of their comfort zones just to kind of see how would they react and respond. First person comes to mind, at least defensively for me, is Raymond Scott. I mean, here it is, you know, he's being asked due to the, the, um, the lack of reps that we're seeing from injured safeties. He's now being thrust into covering in, into situations where he's asked to cover. Now, granted, he's a linebacker, but he's somewhat of a hybrid safety right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I've been highly impressed with how he's been competing. You can see the type of physicality that he wants to bring. And, you know, and you hear the coaches kind of reminding him that uh, playing outside is a little bit more finesse than playing in the boxes. But you have to admire the tenacity by which he comes to practice and the spirit that he practices with reminds me a lot of Thomas Williams, the energy that he brought back in the, the heydays of Pete Carroll behind Brian Cushing, Clay, uh, Ray Malauga and, and, and uh, Keith Rivers, some of those guys. It, it was the excitement, the energy you got from guys that you weren't ex uh, called to start but asked to fulfill certain roles. And you see guys like Raymond uh, Scott filling those roles in bringing that energy to practice. Yeah, and I think one of the things we've heard a lot about is how many reps guys are getting, and especially in the defensive backfield. You're seeing guys, uh, Clancy Pendergast, he mentioned Isaac Taylor Stewart getting a ton of reps. Yep. These are guys that by the end of spring, they're going to be exhausted. I mean, they'll have taken so many reps. We've seen some of the guys in non-contact yellow jerseys. They'll take a rep. They won't finish it. You know, if there's a, if there's right. a ball up high, a lot of them have shoulder issues, um, some collarbones, that kind of thing. So they won't go up and try to swat things away. So you're seeing a lot of completed passes that, hey, you know, maybe that gets knocked out. Maybe there's a challenge there yeah. at some point. But guys are taking so many yeah. reps. But, I, but I, like what, I like what you're saying about that because normally the yellow jerseys are, are primarily allocated to the quarter. Quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. You know, don't touch the quarterbacks because they're wearing those yellow jerseys. Or if a guy is injured as of last year, they would sit on the sideline mm -hmm. and not participate. But now not only are they getting mental reps, but they're getting technical reps, putting themselves in position to make plays. Yeah, perhaps a guy like Greg Johnson can't complete or finish a play, but to watch his body alignment and mm -hmm. see him at the point of contact where he could be. You can't simulate that just on the sideline. You have to take those additional reps, as you talked about, Eric, and I think those are some of the subtle changes. If you're wondering what is the dynamic um, really, uh, what is the sense in the dynamics like with Clay relinquishing some of his coaching authority and allowing his coaches to coach, we're now starting to see what the effects are when the coaches actually have a voice and they're able to implement little nuggets. A degree of changes here and there makes a world of a difference, and that's what we're starting to notice. And then I want to jump in again. We're only three practices in, but I want to jump into guys who have stood out over those three practices. And, and uh, Stephen Carr was one of these guys coming into spring. Where, where is he health-wise? Right. What can he do in this offense? And I, he, he says he's full go. Watching him, you haven't seen the the breakaway speed yet because he just ha he hasn't had that play where he's gotten loose. Yes. Um, but Clay Helton, after practice today, he mentioned the thing so far through three practices that he's liked the most about Carr was a play today during run drills where he's going to the side, he sticks his foot in the ground, he gets up and just, there, there's no hole, there's no, you know, anything to really mm -hmm. get through. But instead of chopping his feet and waiting a little bit, he explodes through that. And he said that's just confidence in A, his ability, but also B, his health. Just the fact that he can stick his foot in and go. Uh, I think that's a, a 
hugely positive sign because the other two running backs we've seen so far have been good. So when those three guys get out there, yes. I, I think that is a, th- those are weapons all over the field. But when we talk about wide receivers, we have not seen a ton from Amon Ross St. Brown, which he's a given. You know that yep. guy's going to show up on game day. And But what we've seen from Tyler Vaughn's, Michael Pittman, and I know you want to talk about Devin Williams. Yes. What we've seen from three these three guys again through three days. Yes. That this wide receiver core, not a ton of depth behind them, but but boy. again, I don't know if you have a better top four yeah. in the Pac-12 and, and maybe wide, you know, a wider range than that. Right, right, right. Now, before I talk about these receivers, and I'm just in awe of them. Uh, a, fi- a final comment on Stephen Carr. A healthy Stephen Carr and this version or this rendition of an air raid attack, you think of the greatest show on turf, Marshall Falk, mm-hmm. LaDamelian Tomlinson, how mm-hmm. he was used or how those two uh, running backs were used as a dual threat. Mm-hmm. You put a, Stephen, a healthy Stephen Carr in the backfield with these prolific wide receivers, watch out. There's not a secondary in the country that has enough depth to go across the board and cover these receivers because these receivers give you a little bit of everything and if 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 you were comparing this to going to a bar they're all top shelf they are top shelf vodka premium um, as it pertains to the skill set of an Amon Ross St. Brown and a Tyler Vaughn and then now we're starting to see a Michael Pittman Jr. in the slot that's scary but we knew what to expect from those guys Mm -hmm. but the maturation of, of Devin Williams he is the next coming of Mike Williams. I remember when Mike Williams was a freshman, I got my early in his career, I got I got a couple of shots at him. But that second year, his sophomore season, when he became a man, that is what we're seeing in Devin Williams. He could be an X factor. And if there was a surprise or uh, someone who really could take that potential leap to stardom, look out for him because he looks like a man-child right now at practice. He And, again, he was... Clay Helton, after practice, it was asked specifically about him, and he said it's confidence. He knows what he's doing. He's not worried about is this the right thing. They've done a few, in, you know, installs every day, and he's got him down. And so when you're playing with confidence, when you have, I mean, you look at him come on the field, and it's like I'm going to watch what that guy does. Today. Yep. And he has delivered every day. I think I think every day so far, you've had one of those three: Devin Williams, right. Michael Pittman, and Tyler Vaughn's. Maybe the best player uh, on the field. Uh, during each one of these first three practices. So in in terms of wide receivers, they're getting a ton of work, catching a ton of balls. I I think kind of sky's the limit for that. And again, um, the coaching staff in particular, uh, offensive coordinator Harold Graham and uh, Coach Clay Hilton, really emphasize simplifying things, not doing a lot, but doing, I mean, uh, doing a little, but doing a lot. Meaning that simplifying the amount of type of reps or routes that they're running, but doing repetitively Mm -hmm. and then window dressing it. So what we're now seeing is because these guys are not having to think about what route they're supposed to run or what's the invert from this, they're able to line up and they understand because they're doing so much repetition, you can move in uh, uh, like we talked about. Michael Pittman Jr. from the outside, put him in the slot. Now you don't necessarily, with that same personnel, you can manipulate the feeling of having a tight end on the field because you're now talking about the presence of a 6'4", 6'5", thick wide receiver that can really stretch the middle of the field and give you a presence that USC has not really felt since um, Daniel Imatorbebe got injured. And, And if we remember, recall several years ago with Sam Darnold and when they went up to Washington, how a threat of a tight end really 
solidified and impacted this offense and caused problems for defenses, you can get that same type of combination from guys that just understand what's expected of them because they're not asked to do a lot. They're just asked to beat the guy in front of them. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I think is interesting, because, again, we talked about how the quarterback competition does not feel kind of shoved down our throats and, yeah. and not front center, but there is one going on. And I think what's interesting about looking at it is in the past when you've had quarterback competitions, it's been, oh, man, that guy made a great throw. He found that window. He put it in. That's a great play, a great throw. Right. In this one the throws are so easy and and they're throwing with such confidence because they know that guy that guy's wide open okay and so it just feels like they're all doing well you know you you don't have a guy who makes like a laser throw in this you know five inch window and it's like that really stands out and I think that's what again you you hear Graham Harrell say that you hear Clay Helton say that making the best decisions Mm -hmm. quickly getting the ball out quickly you're not you don't really have to make a lot of unbelievable right. you know athletic touch throws in here you got to find the right guy quickly and so far I, I don't know if anybody has truly separated themselves I, I think everybody's doing well uh, of the three yeah. guys that are kind of really in, in the mix but, but to touch on that if we were comparing this quarterback competition to last year where it really felt like it was heightened and emphasized much of that can be said to the type of uh, the type of play calling that was designed for mm-hmm. one or two man routes. Mm-hmm. So it really forced the quarterback to have to emphasize. There was either one um, under route followed by maybe a deep throw slant or a seam. Not a lot of inverted routes coming in. The difference between there uh, last year and this season is, in my opinion, because there is a system coming in. When you have an actual system and guys are throwing in rhythm, you should be able to plug and play. Because the level of the caliber of talent that USC recruits shouldn't be such a huge disparity from one quarterback to the next. So now we're able to see some of the best attributes of these quarterbacks because they are throwing in rhythm. But as a result of that, it's going to be hard from the, from the initial eyeball test to assess who is the front runner until we get into more scripted um, scrimmage competition where we can now start to see who handles the pressure well. Of, of, of driving down the field as opposed to lining up from the line of scrimmage and just emphasizing third and tens, which was emphasized today. Yeah, I think we've got a couple more practices before that first scrimmage. I think that first scrimmage hopefully sort of gives you a look at what this offense really looks like when you get a quarterback with a few reps and here we go, let's try to take this thing up and down the field. Right. Um, but but through three practices, I, I think at this point it's – so far, so good with how things look, both offensively and defensively. Again, there's there's a lot of stuff that they want to tweak from last year in as far as schemes go, as far as the system goes, as far as just, again, we talked about uh, let's line up right. Let's, let's lace our shoes up right. Let's put our pads on right. Uh, going back to the beginning, but so far, and again, you're not winning games in spring. Nothing's going on the win-loss record, but I think at this point you have to think through three practices, this is as good as you want when you're coming back from a season like that and really trying to make wholesale changes. Yeah, and and my last thoughts on that is it's amazing when you can infuse discipline, technique, fundamentals with highly skilled caliber players and allow them to just play fast. That it doesn't take much for this program to transcend itself back to the the level that it wants to be at but for the first week this has definitely been building blocks but it's been a really strong start all right i appreciate it daryl uh and and that's our look at the first 
first few practices of spring ball, first week in the books, they're going to get a week off now for spring break and then come back the following Tuesday and, and then ramp up for that first scrimmage. So for Daryl Rodeau, this is Eric McKinney. Thanks for listening to the We Are SC podcast.